Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It's going well. We're almost halfway through this year. I know. I, so I, I admit I always like having a June birthday because I feel like it actually lets me do what we're going to talk about today very easily, which is that whole mid-season goal concept. Um, I like. I love having the mid-year birthday because it, it really gives you the like, okay, boom, new year, new me. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess I, I lose out with my birthday being on the 1st of January. It does kind of <laughs> ruin it for you or it puts a ton of pressure on you for those new years. I don't, yeah, it's like everything starts again. Yeah, I, I don't know. So in any case, yeah, we have had a few questions around goals. You know, some of these first big races have happened. Uh, first big races in a while have happened. So, and our episode last week got us thinking a little bit about goal and goal alignment. We had that question, if you remember back and you heard that episode, if you didn't, go back and listen to it. Uh, and thank you for that. But the uh, the question was around, you know, maybe coming back to these first big races and, and you thought you were going to be excited and then it wasn't really all you hoped it would be. Maybe didn't enjoy it as much, even if you did well, potentially, maybe just the spark wasn't as there and, and the person had enjoyed, you know, quote unquote, just riding. Um, and, and so it just the goal didn't quite seem aligned right and i've had a few clients the preparation uh for different types of races some in some cases just the the super long races that you know were really inspiring three years ago now just that spark for that type of training uh and event day aren't as as there so we have this like goal question and i I don't think that's abnormal right and and that's why this mid-season chance this june end of june that's six months if i counted them right where we can maybe do a bit of reflection on how are we doing maybe on those New Year's resolutions or those annual race goals. Yeah, and I think realistically, like June is a more realistic time for goal setting or goal revisiting because you're in it now. Uh, January 1st is real easy to come up with resolutions, right. especially when you're a bike racer or a runner because your your goals are so off in this uh, fuzzy future you're not putting in the the big miles or the specific training just yet you're usually in this base phase you've maybe come off of like a holiday where you've had a couple weeks off uh probably just finishing up your off season yeah you could have been uh, injured or had illness recovered from those so motivation tends to be pretty high and what we think we're going to be able to do tends to be a you little mean in, in january yeah, yeah sorry. in january when you're yep. looking ahead at the year you're like oh yeah 20 hour weeks in may no problem totally got this well and then starting now so you'll see you know 20 hours on the trainer or in the depths of winter and then sometimes you get to april or march sometimes to june and, and it gets old uh yeah know, maybe training's getting stale which is again some of the things that we can mix up maybe too if you haven't already and i mean this year in particular i think a lot of people are contending with uh in january it was easier to set goals because we weren't traveling we weren't going into the office uh our kids weren't well not our kids we don't have kids but kids weren't in a billion programs and guess what most stuff is reopened travel is back um everyone i know now is uh i would say business traveling at a higher level than they were pre-pandemic almost in some in some cases in some cases to make up for 
like lost time. I know a few people who started new jobs in the past couple of years that are now flying all over the place because they have to meet all of these people and go into the office and, you know, just stuff, stuff happens. Uh, Life happened. So indeed, yeah, for a variety of reasons, things might be different in now, six months later than they were six months ago, it, it, regardless of the point in time that you're at right now, that, that could be true or probably is true in some way. Um, you know, you can almost have a baby in that time. You can almost do a lot of things. Almost. Almost. So with that said, you know, this idea of we get to June, um, we've maybe done a bit of racing by now. Uh, we, we also thought, you know, this is sort of halfway through a, a, maybe a standard cycling season. If that exists, you have your May, June, and then we're halfway and then July, August. And, and for a lot of folks, maybe there's cyclocross, maybe there's fat biking, maybe there's track season. Like there's obviously more races, but that's, that's the heart. I think if you looked at a cluster of bike races, we're maybe at the middle of the bike season as well. If you think about June, end of June. I think that's fair. I mean, pretty much every person you work with had a main goal that happened in either April, May or <laughs> one day. Year. Yeah. One day at the end of May uh, or beginning of June in any case. Yeah. So that's, that's the idea. We've gotten through that and we're starting to, you know, get back in and we're saying, you know, how can we do either a little better or maybe we're just trying to keep this going if, if you're doing well and that's, uh, you say, you know, it's, it's okay to be okay. Uh, and that's the idea is how do we keep this feeling, you know, going even through the season which is the you know the that's the ticket if you can figure that out you're you're in pretty good shape how to maintain form uh but that's it right so we look at where do we want to start i think we probably want to start with if if this appeals to you maybe looking back at what goals you did in fact set because i mean a lot of us set these great goals for the season, uh, even aside from New Year's resolutions. Everyone sets their season goals. I mean, you have clients filling out a, a document that can either be a few sentences or a few pages. Uh, but how often are people actually going back and really reading through what they they put? And I'll be honest, it, it's a frustrating thing. I've never found, I think we're on a good path right now with Consumen. I think we have a, a, a system, I think that's evolved from a different, you know, nothing's new. Um, but there's the one we're using is sort of inspired a bit by, I think it's 10 minute mental toughness, which sounds sort of corny, but it's actually a great book. Uh, and then a bit of Dan John, of course, in there. Naturally. And then just some good questions that have popped up via clients or, or things that we've come up with over the years. And so that's that's what we're using now. And again, it's not super complicated. It's essentially this process of looking at what are we going to, you know, what do we want to do in the very long term? What do we want to do, you know, this year, next year? What do we want to do in the next couple months, couple weeks? And then what are the day-to-day things that we're doing and sort of that's the time. And you see that in most things. Again, the 10 minute mental toughness asked, you know, in 10 years or five years or whatever span you're willing to look at your life, where do you want to be? And that might be retirement. That might be a certain type of racer, a certain type of career. Uh, and, and the other common theme is, and I think valuable for consummate athletes, for adults, is looking at not just the races, uh, because we can be very optimistic. But then we forget that we're accountants and April gets busy or that we're teachers and June gets busy or September gets busy. And so we're trying to plan these goals for success. Yeah, yeah. And I think the the one thing we kind of had on here to start with is is people who are going into a lot of stuff just not having any specific goal. I think that's where we were kind of thinking last week's question potentially came from not having a goal or, or we said maybe even a boring maybe it's getting boring right yeah. as, as humans we're, we're very, we can be happy you know first kisses you know first loves you know first time you see your baby or, or your kid talks 
right? But then your kid talks all the time now. Won't uh, stop talking. Uh, so it's not as we get bored with stuff, which isn't to say it isn't important and nice, but it, it's easy to start, you know, it, it's not the same as the first date. <laughs> That's the reality, right? Every time you look at me, uh, oh, it's I know. like your first Flowers date, Flowers every right? day. Yep, yep. Uh, so that's the idea, right? And, and it's how do we keep the magic? And, and this is true for bike racing and bike riding. We try different things. You go to different sites. You try new trails. Uh, you know, you set different goals. Uh, and, and those goals will evolve up and they'll evolve probably down too uh, if you're going to stay in the sport. And I think even the getting used to something, I, I think maybe last week's question could have come from the fact that that person had done that race before like a few times mm-hmm. and perhaps this time didn't even go in with a goal necessarily because they've done it before so they almost automatically knew around where they should be around what time they wanted that kind of thing mm-hmm. but hadn't really sat down and thought about what would it look like to have a great race here mm-hmm. uh, so i think it's easy to to kind of put this goal setting thing just psh, like poo poo it a bit especially if it's a race that you've already done or a type of racing you've already done um but I think taking the time to actually do the process of setting some kind of outcome and process goals around any major event is like so worth it because I think it, it emphasizes that the race is worth it. And maybe tricky on, you know, if I, if you think about this, this is an arousal so we can bring the inverted U, you oh, know, I love favorite. our rainbow shaped U curve. And so if you're really inexperienced, it's probably hard to set much in the way of goals and that's where we get into our our goal is completion uh you know we complete before we compete and and that i think is the that's the goal and if you win in podium that's a that's a stretch goal and during the race you start seeing that right so you can go in i think with this framework you you talk about a b c or you know one two three goals And, and so completing is always the goal uh, you know, and it could be, I think we could even bring it back. If someone, you know, something is so extreme, they're, they're just making time cuts, then that's the goal, but that's their completion. Right. And I have a few clients like that where they're trying to do four out of seven stages in a stage race mm-hmm. or something. And then the next year they've gone back and they get, they get the seven. And so you can see how that's a goal stepwise process, starting from where we are point a to point B. Uh, but all that to say, uh, I'm trying to stay on track here uh you inverted you so u curve we got lost in the u curve uh so the person who's very experienced is going to be under aroused they're not as excited and it's not hard right and i think our our listener last week is a good example potentially of they did pretty well and they they always do pretty well at those events they're super familiar so it might be a different giant race that's just a different course with no knowledge right or higher competition or even a more extreme goal at that race, if staying at that race is just like easy mm. from a planning standpoint and that just happens to be a good timing and like good location kind of thing. But I think that's where you can set much more of a stretch goal at that race. And I think, you know, I would almost, if I'm thinking through this, because it's same as the, the question we had last week, you know, is out of my life basically. So I think it's starting to, th- to look at those process goals because the outcome is a little, it's tricky. They maybe would win at these races. They maybe be second, you know, they're going to do well, but the outcome probably doesn't, that's not why the, the person or I would be in it, but you maybe start thinking about process goals. Like I'm going to go with these young kids off the line and just, you know, if I can hold them for a lap, Mm-hmm. that's my goal for this day. And I feel good, right? If I do it and oh, damn, they got away. You know, I, I think I smoked a tree in the first race and my, I lost the one kid. Uh, 
so I go back next time and try and hold him for a lap, right? And, and maybe that keeps the, the thing exciting and, and, you know, isn't super controllable, but it, it's, you know, maybe a, a process or a race goal to try and, and get even just irrelevant from the, the number placing. Well, it's funny. That's exactly what I said to you this morning when I was talking about I have Quebec Mega Trail 80K coming up uh, next week, next weekend ish. Uh, I guess when this comes out, it'll be next weekend. Uh, and I'll be honest, actually, as we started recording this podcast, I just thought, oh, this is why I haven't really been feeling super excited about this race, because I actually haven't spent a lot of time really sitting down and thinking about what my goal for the race is. I haven't done my usual like obsessive pouring over the course and the tech guide and all that. Uh, I just haven't made space for that and I really need to. Um, but what I said to you this morning was my, I guess, process goal for it is when a woman goes in the race, like I'm going to go with her because traditionally I do not. Um, in the bigger races that I've done, if a woman goes by me, I usually, like I might try for like two seconds, but I won't push myself to go with her but mm -hmm. now that the reason i did the 100 miler was actually so that i could do these uh quote-unquote shorter races only in 80k and feel much more confident that even if i went even if i used some matches chasing someone i could finish the race uh, so, and I, I think that's a complete before passing, you compete. yeah, yeah. i, I can so now i can compete and i have a few athletes in this where they're just such talented endurance athletes and have such engines that you know burning the worst case scenario i often say is just not that bad like they're not they're the type of people that don't really blow up like they're they're never going to be on the side of the trail holding like their cramped leg that's just not how their body is wired up uh so if they go over they're going to come back to their super strong aerobic system and resume pacing if they for or pacing and uh, fueling i should say if they didn't and so not that's not everyone but the people that just can ride 200 miles, 100 miles, or run, you know, marathons on a random Saturday and then take care of their children and everything else. These folks, you know, again, I think that's where you have to start. If you want to progress, you have to start being bolder and willing to give up your top five placement, knowing that it might be a top 15 and you might have to, you know, quote unquote, crawl back a little bit, you know, damage control your way to the line a few times before you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the payoff could actually be like instead of just kind of exciting being in that racing, top five, shit. Yeah, yeah, you're trying. Yeah, you're go you're going for it. Uh, or I mean, you might win. And and I went to the running race. Not I don't want to overuse us as examples because by no means am I perfect at <laughs> any of this stuff. Uh, but I went to the running race and I was pretty confident. Like we had done lots of 20 K runs. Uh, so that, again, I'm, you know, and what do I care? I can walk. Like I live, <laughs> Yeah, the, the I grew, I grew so up great. a couple kilometers from there. I can just go home. Uh, so, but I went just, I was like, I'm just going to run with the leaders up the first hill and see how fast they go. And I was like, that guy is, we're going really, really, really fast. So I'm going to make, but then I was off and, you know, it set up the rest of the race. I didn't have to run through groups of people or anything like that. And it was fine. I settled into my pace and did fine. Uh, and I think it's being okay. I think there's a mental aspect to that where when you fall off and okay, I'm not going with this professional running man. Uh, I'm just going to settle into my pace now. That was interesting. Right. Or I get through my first lap with the kids and I'm like, OK, that's about enough of this. And I think that's actually a really interesting way of setting a goal that isn't. Uh, I think when we talk about outcome goals, it's always that like I want to finish first. I want to finish in this time. I want to finish this place, whatever. Uh, I think this is actually a weird, almost like gray area between an outcome goal and a process goal, because it's, you know, I'm going to go with 
the person in front of me. Like I'm going to try to if if someone passes me, I'm going to try to stay with them mm-hmm. for as long as I can. Uh, you know, setting changing that goal to however it, it suits you. You know, if you're if you're not up with the leaders, it could be the if someone passes me, I'm going to go with them. Or I'm just going to always make an effort to be catching the person who's ahead of me or reeling in the person ahead of me. I think that's a good, like, happy medium between trying to set this outcome goal that's utterly uncontrollable and setting a process goal that can feel just, frankly, like a little boring sometimes because process goals are decidedly unsexy and actually quite hard to set for a race where they're actually goals that are hard to achieve or, like, are a push to achieve. Well, it could be. I think it could be giving an honest try of getting on the wheel when anytime someone goes by you. So maybe not even sticking with them, but just at least get on it. Yeah, It might be a too fast a wheel, but getting on it versus just letting it completely go is maybe good for some people. And then there might be even a self-talk or a refocus aspect, I think, for a lot of folks would be would be good. Again, someone goes by you. And rather than telling yourself that you're bonking and blowing up, then you focus on get on the wheel or, you know, up, up, up or, yeah. you know, close the gap. I actually love the goal of your in-race attitude. And actually, I had interviewed Megalie Rochette at Belgian Waffle Ride in Asheville, North Carolina. And we'll actually even link to that one in the show notes because Megalie is going to come on the podcast soon and talk to us about her gravel and mountain bike season after a pretty amazing cyclocross season. Uh, but on her top tube, she actually has specialized in this amazing paint job. It's Peter, you would be in love with her bike because it has Taylor Swift lyrics painted all over it. Nice. Uh, but on the top of the top of the bike, she just has a uh, couple words and it just says flip the switch. And uh, she was explaining it to me and she said, like, you know, on the start line and at the finish line, she will be friends with everyone. She loves chatting with people and smiling and hugging everyone. But then like when the start gun goes, like she is in it to win it and like wants to rip off legs. Uh, so I love the flip the switch attitude. And I think that's probably a really good process goal for a lot of people. Yeah, some sort of mantra is good. And then I think the fueling stuff, again, you say it's not sexy, but it's, you know, what are these things that are going to, that you can control that are going to make your success, your outcome, your win, whatever your win is, more likely. So is it the 200 calories an hour or the gel a lap or the whatever it is? And, and if you come across and you haven't had a gel, can you course correct and put, you know, have the fueling? And, uh, and that's, I think, the idea. And, you know, frankly, it's funny. We didn't talk about that at all last week when we were talking about potential practical issues for like why a race just was not, why a racer wasn't feeling it. But I would argue that, uh, hangriness can definitely lead to like a post-race feeling of just that was crap i'm mad at everything i hate everything like this sucks why Mm -hmm. am i doing Mm -hmm. this and and so there's that there's fueling i think the on the wheel the race um i think there's sometimes there's this you know you finish you, you complete and then you're like oh you know i could have probably gone harder it's really common i don't know if it's always true i think it's hard to be you know yourself at 10 miles to go is 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 more realistic than yourself when you've been sitting having a beer and some fries for a couple hours or a week later this feeling that like oh i could have done better is good i think that's motivation that maybe a bit of regret is going to motivate some changes in your training I, I always say well then go to the gravel hill and feel the critical moment on the fourth lap or the fourth interval for the next two years of your life <laughs> and then you'll be better in the last 10 miles of the race or the last stretch of the race, the last third of the race. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's the motivation then for these, this June goal setting is how did the first part of the year go? 
Are you on track with the goals you set in January or whenever you set your annual goals, your macro goals? And then in the next mesocycle, the next month, um, the next two months, what do you want to accomplish? What's coming up? So this for a lot of folks, we have national championships and a lot of the disciplines are coming up. Road and Mountain. Uh, what else is in the next two months? Leadville is in seven weeks from now uh, when we're recording. Uh, what else is in Breck? A lot of the stage races are that same weekend. Cross is coming. Uh, yeah, medium. So for <laughs> the, but the cross racers, you know, what are we thinking? Well, we're thinking probably, are you going to be able to get some hours in? I always like cyclocross because you can actually do your, your base phase in the summer. So are, are we now switching from maybe you had spring goals and now we're thinking base. So now you have, you know, button seat every single day is probably a good training goal. If we call it a training goal, it can be a process goal we can call too. Yeah. Well, and shout outs to, I mean, there's a couple big gravel races. Belgian waffle ride has three events in September and October. Uh, big sugars coming up in October. So really the season is far from over. So if you haven't really felt good about where you're at right now, I, you can, you can also like burn it down and start from scratch right now. Mm-hmm. And you still have plenty of time to even do a whole new base phase. If you, if you want, if you need to. to, and I have a, a one elite that I'm working with who, yeah, we're just going, it's back. To, <laughs> we just need more hours. Uh, so that would be his main focus is button seat, uh, you know, most more days of the week and for longer. Uh, I am working with another elite who, you know, we have a couple races coming up that have big jumps in the course. And, you know, it's a it's a gap for them, so to speak, not a gap Hey-o. jump, but a, a limiter. And so with, you know, about two months to go, this is a focus, right? This is getting to jump parks. This is getting coaching this is going you know seeing the jump in person uh, so you know what we're working with this is the stuff right and and spending you know whether you want to set the goal as you know for three by 30 minutes every week you're going to spend time practicing jumping or bunny hopping uh, or you're going to do four coach sessions or you're going to what else could we do if if that was a goal get better at technical stuff you know you're just going to go to a place that has jumps on the course like again that environment piece i go on and on about is, is so important i have another client she's uh, just setting the goal that on Saturdays, she's, rather than driving or riding from home, she's driving 10 minutes to the other side of a big, busy highway. And she's riding on hillier roads on the, the highway is busy. So she doesn't like crossing it, uh, understandably. And so, but then it just, boom, that's like, I think it's 500 more meters in a three hour ride than, oh, wow. than usual. So it's just, it's a harder ride <laughs> and it's the same three hours, but it's a harder ride. So she's going to the hilly destination. And then I think there's also, you could add in so many different components with something like jumps where, you know, maybe you're working with a sports psych to, to talk about sure. some, some of that more, what's, what's scaring you about going over the jumps. I actually did a thing with a hypnotherapist way back for an article and, you know, while I'm not suggesting hypnotherapy versus regular therapy, I still think a sports psych would probably have been the move. Uh, that was a super interesting experience and made me really think about what it was that was scaring me about mountain biking. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder, so we're talking about short, medium, long-term goals. So long, you know, what are we looking at even next year? Uh, you know, maybe you want to be next year. I'm hoping to do maybe a couple actual bigger gravel races this year. I t- I've talked probably at nauseum about staying a little more local, but trying to get a few gravel races in training on more gravel, uh, just so I'm ready, right. Playing with the gear. And so I'm thinking the things I'm doing now, this week, this month, this year are leading into the things next year. We're not going to just explode onto the international gravel racing scene. 
Uh, and this is tongue- I'm gonna get in so much trouble <laughs> at Belgian Waffle Ride, assuming they bring me back to keep doing commentating because I'm just gonna be like on the feed, <laughs> even though I'm supposed to be covering the women's race. Let's take talk- another look at Glassford back in a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, pre-apologies for any of that. So I think this is a way to think about. Uh, sometimes uh, Dan John has a, many beautiful things, of course, but he, he says, "What if it was seamless?" And sometimes I think we cram so much into like this month, we're going to randomly do a race and we got to do it, but we're also kids are ending school and we're going away to camp and we have all this other stuff going on. Uh, Let's get ready. And it's like, well, no, next year I'm going to do Belgian waffle ride, not a sponsored post yet. (laughs) And uh, so I'm going to get ready, but I'm going to give myself time and I'm going to do events and I have my nationals goal as always this year. Um, but that's, you know, the idea is, can we set some things off in the future that give purpose to my preparation for my races this year and even the races this year? What am I learning? What am I testing in the races this year that are going to inform next year? And I think this is so empowering and gives a why to why do I finish the damn gravel race? Like last year, I flatted in a gravel race and I was so pissed. I haven't been that upset. Like not to the point that I threw my bike down something, but damn, did I want to throw my bicycle? Just walk home. And but it was like, no, I'm going to fix the flat and I'm going to catch as many people as I can because this is great experience, right? I had to use my tire plug. It didn't work. <laughs> I had to put my tire in. So do it, right? That's why I finished was so that the next gravel race, I'm in better shape for it. Uh, you know, I'm in all senses of being fit for the race. It's true. I just, I keep wanting to read. I have my new quote on the wall. We, we watched a league of their own the other day. I'm very excited for the new Amazon prime version of it to come out. Um, but all I keep thinking about is that stupid quote from a league of their own that it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. So while you mentioned like seamlessness, um, I also think there, like, yes, the seamlessness should be in the like actual planning. Like we're not smashing our race goals in with every other life event but i mean we're racing because we wanted something hard to do and something that makes us a little uncomfortable and as as tom hanks says the hard is what makes it great i thought you're gonna say there's no crying in baseball oh there's also no crying in baseball but i don't play baseball so non-issue apparently that's the biggest quote in that i don't know maybe i should use that more i don't know when people get upset yeah, but then I just come back to like that that one uh, amazing Adam Myerson quote from a cyclocross video a long, long time ago. It's just stupid bike racing, but it's everything. Hat tipped Adam Myerson for that. So that leads us a little bit into this idea of maybe fear of failure. Yeah, which I think is why a lot of people either don't set goals in the first place or, I mean, even just have that mid-race or post-race or even like pre-race, uh, we talk about it all the time, like taking themselves almost out of the race. And, oh, like so, I, I don't like this or, oh, I'm not going to do well, self-handicapping. Negative self-talk. So just saying things to yourself or, or just even spending mental energy uh, on this, con- you know, th- the what ifs and the, you know, why is this happening to me? Or uh, just, again, speaking poorly to yourself. Mm-hmm. So fear of failure is just indeed, the, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's this idea that we, we don't set a goal or we avoid certain things because of a fear of failure. Or right? even go that back to what, what you said before about setting goals that are perhaps not challenging enough or too easy. You're setting the ones that you know deep down are ridiculously achievable. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it's, 
yeah. And so we, we struggle with motivation often, again, inverted you. Uh, on one hand, if the goal is too easy to achieve, uh, I don't know what an example would, it would depend on the person, right? But it's like, oh, I'm going to... I think uh, let's maybe use a 5K. So finishing a 5K if you've been a runner for a couple of years. Sure. Right. Or or for, you know, an experience, whatever your level of experience is, going to whatever the level below that is. So if, sure. So once you've raced national level races, you know, maybe your regional state, you know, weekly race is not going to be as challenging. Now, I think you might be surprised that some of these... I was going to say, I think we can make a lot of arguments here. I'm trying to find like a distance-based one because I think as soon as we start talking about winning or like placing, that's that's a whole Mm -hmm. different kettle of fish. But yeah, so fear... Uh, the way too easy goal would be finishing a 5k if you're already a runner and so we want to look at that i think that's why you don't see a lot of you know tour de france level people just at your local race you know it's sort of a weird situation because people always want to race them too but you know the risk is not worth the reward and it's also not super motivating uh from that perspective so so i do think that and i think there's sometimes a bit of a well is there a keeping up with the Joneses with that too, or no? Oh, for that's, sure there is. That's the, or is that the opposite of what I'm talking about? I guess the other side of the inverted U is it, the goal is too hard. 14 uh, minute 5K. Maybe because we tried to keep up with the Joneses. And so I, I've never done a ride personally. This is true. Over 187 kilometers long, I think it is. Uh, so if I just all of a sudden decided to do a, go- a race that's much longer, maybe that would be too scary of a goal. And then I might. I might not be motivated to train day to day. And that's where we see the manifestation of those goals. Are they motivating the day to day or not? And that's really the heart of goal setting. Um, You know, David Roche, we've mentioned a a good quote from him. I won't repeat the whole thing, but it's essentially, you know, the whole point is that you're not even going to get the goal at the end of it. You can reach for the things, but you it's in that reaching or in that process, in that journey that, that the value of goal setting really is right. Because we enjoy those things. We enjoy the race, uh, but it, it's very much secondary, the the actual external goal, the outcome goal. Yeah, and I think we've said this a bunch of times on the podcast. If you got every goal, then you're, you're probably doing it wrong. That's right. <laughs> you this achieved is a, our, our Alexi Pappas quote, right? It's or her Alexi Pappas quote of, you know, if I reached all my goals today, what would I do tomorrow? Right? Exactly. A little, you could say a little cliche or whatever, but I, I think there's something to that. Yeah. I if mean, just you woke up today, you know, you're setting your seasonal goals and you're done. Cool. <laughs> you know, January one. Oh no, it's done. You're done. I mean, that's why I raced in February. Uh, true. I guess that's <laughs> sort of similar, but at least that was two months of training. Um, and again, you had trained into that as well. Uh, you knew that was on the horizon. Yeah, but, but it was nice to knock a New Year's resolution out by mid-February. <laughs> well, and it gets to that planning. You also knew, you know, the life was going to get a bit busier after that too. So there is that uh, that seamless idea of planning the goal so that it fits cleanly into your life, mm-hmm. uh, both in terms of the size of the goal and the timing of it. Yeah, and to come back to why I maybe made a not great call for this coming race, I would say this QMT that I have, it's, you know, the week after Western States. And I was just in North Carolina doing commentating for a race. And then I was at a training camp for Western. Like mm-hmm. I've, 
I did not set this one up seamlessly, and I can tell you that my motivation is is definitely different because of it. It's tough. Yeah, and just how much you can execute in the day. So I'm learning from it for sure, which actually is fun talking through this because I'm kind of picking up on like patterns that I've done and what I've kind of done wrong that I'll need to tweak in the future for my next one, race. The one question I ask is, so it's related to it being seamless, but it's, you know, we want to leave slack in the system. This is, you know, I think the cup analogy works better than the inverted U for this. So the, you know, we want to leave some room in the cup. So this is what you're starting to feel is, you know, there's all this stress building on the race week, the last bunch of weeks of critical training. And then you have the pacing with Karen and then these other things that have popped up work-wise that were good opportunities, right? So the slack was there a little bit, but you're starting to run out of slack. Oh, and I had that really bad cold, if everyone remembers my voice from a few weeks right, ago that right. killed you know, a week of training there. So yeah, when you're talking about slack in the system, my system is pretty... And that's a symptom often, right? Yeah. Often, why, what is the cup overflowing? Well, these are the the sickness, the illness, the lowered motivation, the injury. Uh, the, when the cup overflow, that's that's the idea. Is yeah, that, so I'm seeing this play out in real life here. It can be, yeah. So then the idea then, so getting back to the fear of failure. So we want to set appropriate goals that, you know, you, you can see yourself achieving. You might have to, it might take a little belief. It might take a, bit, a coach saying, you know, you know, this is well within the realm of possibility for you. Uh, it might be based off of previous race results that you could do this again or, or something like it. Uh, and, and then the other piece with fear of failure is just sometimes it's okay to, I think that's what David's quote said was, you know, reach for the stars uh, and go for it, right? It can be a big, scary goal. And, and we do that with the expectation that maybe it'll help. Maybe maybe that's our stretch goal, you know, to get that belt buckle at Leadville, the nine hour. But we're going to be super psyched if we finish Leadville. Any of these big things, finishing is always good. Uh, you know, never for sure. Uh, what was the, the EF guy didn't finish this year, uh, which was the, the tour de France, the guy you read, what is that guy's name? <laughs> I, I'm not sure which EF guy. Oh no. One of the EF guys, the one, people are yelling at us now. Um, it'll come to me. Uh, anyhow, many of the tour de France cyclists, Peter Sagan didn't finish the Olympics. Matthew Vanderpool didn't finish the Olympics. Um, you know, so finishing is in itself, uh, I, I think often a worthy goal, especially for us as adult cyclists. So with fear of failure, sometimes we turn it around and say, yeah, this is a stretch goal and I'm going to have to work my butt off for the next year, the next month, the next two months, uh, and in the race. And it's going to have to go really well for me to get the stretch goal, but that's the stretch goal. And then if not, you know, I'm going to do better than I would have expected <laughs> just reaching for that. Right. Right. And so that's the idea with fear of failures. It's, it's normal. Uh, we want to try and use it, but then check again, are the goals, this is our June check-in, uh, are our goals appropriate now six months into this year, or do we have to refine them one way or the other? You might've had a previous race and you're like, damn, I did really well in that. I have a few clients in this boat where it's like they're up a level. And so now we need to reassess the whole goal thing again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when we talk about the resetting goals or shifting them a bit, we usually think about it in terms of like things aren't going well, but I think that's another yeah, good reason to go through them. You might actually be doing too well. Well, to try and maintain that interesting level of goal, we'll say, or appropriate challenge is, yeah, you, you know, it could go either way. You could upgrade. We have a lot of people who are now starting to upgrade, whether that's in distance or category, depending on the, the sport you do. And so now, well, how do you set goals? You might not be, you know, you might have been trying to win cat three, but now you're in cat two and, and now it's, um, you know, it's almost a complete before you or a yeah, complete before you compete situation. Uh, or, you know, top 10, you go back to hunting for top 10s or 
who knows, right? It could be any of these things, but we might need to recalibrate those goals based on to this. Uh, we were going to bring up my, I adjusted this year. It's the first year I'm going to race with the baby masters at nationals rather than race in the elite category, which was a big decision. I, I struggled with it as Molly knows for, for weeks and months and years. Yep. 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 And so for me, you know, I've always actually been aiming for that top 10 uh, in the elite race, in the elite race. And it's been getting, you know, it's harder and harder every year. And the kids in the U23 race, the under 23 start behind us and they've just, they're passing sooner and sooner. So, you know, it's like, I'm not going and life's getting busy. So I was sort of getting bummed. And, and what I was finding is that goal was almost, you know, meaningless. I'd done it so many times, but also maybe getting too hard, uh, you know, to, to do something decent, uh, given like I was just getting frustrated. I wasn't able to get the amount of time that I felt like I needed to do. And I think I need to do at some point you need a certain level of fitness and that comes with hours. So it was frustrating. You know, I didn't feel like I had slack, right. You're trying to fit a three hour ride into a, you know, full eight hours of work. You know, this is becoming challenging to fit that into the week. Right. We didn't get away for spring training either this year. So it's just all these things started adding up and, and you can see how it's like stressful right? I want to do this, but it there's, it's, it's not there. It's not seamless. It's not easy. You could say, right? Like, what was this? What if this was easy? Is sometimes a good way to think about it. So I downgraded and it was like a switch. My motivation is just like, oh, I could see myself winning. I, I don't expect it to be easy. There's a lot of fit folks in that category. Uh, and winning is never easy. I've never been great at it, but it's now I can see that and it's motivating and the time required to be good is less. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting switch for you because it was sort of this weird, you had to come to terms with like, which is a harder goal going top 10 in the elite or winning the like pretty competitive, mm -hmm. quote unquote, baby masters category. And I think, you know, you actually came to the conclusion that I think it's actually going to be harder for you to win that race than it would be to put in a good effort in the elite field and finish feeling like reasonable about it. And I almost wonder, you know, sometimes I said it was harder, but I think the elite one, actually, people are just impressed that I'm still able to like look competent, I think is, you know, there so it, it's almost too easy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I mean, you have, you, we've both been in this situation and I know you've had clients in the situation of the decision. Usually it's almost the reverse of this, the decision to upgrade mm -hmm. to the harder category. So upgrading from the age group to the elite field. Um, a lot of the time you keep asking the question of like, well, which is harder? And for a lot of people, I would say actually winning their age group is harder than it is to race okay in the elite field. Right. Yeah. Winning is never uh, easy. Again, it's easy. You know, you can be second, third. That was my whole career. But to actually put in, you know, it might be a sprint finish. It might be a big move when everyone's hurting. It might just be not crashing or, you know, again, that fear of failure creeps in. Uh, you know, you're in the lead maybe by a lot and you know, your brain starts talking to you and then all of a sudden you crash. Yeah. Not to put too much pressure on you, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure for mm -hmm. you to mm -hmm. and that's win it, this. Right. And now I, it needs to be like, I need to actually win, right? Like it's, you can't just like almost win or, or, you know, squeak it out. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So anyhow, I'm excited for that. So it should be a good different thing. Uh, so I guess hopefully motivation too, for folks, if, if you're just looking for a different thing, it could be a category change, even within the same type of racing, if you're not super keen to try a different type, but certainly that pivot could be to gravel. Lots of folks are taking that, you know, from road or, or back into trying, I have a couple clients trying criterium. 
trying mountain biking for the first time. So there's there's lots of options within cycling, if not beyond, as we try and encourage too to to try things like you know go to the gym and try a, a CrossFit or a gym sort of workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there anything else with specifically setting race goals that you wanted to touch on before we wrap? Well, I just want to you know again sometimes those process goals, those practice goals, uh, get tricky. And so we talked about process goals in the race, or you could say race goals. I think there's a, is there another name that people call those? I think you just say in race goals. So we have those outcome goals. But then I think on the seasonal level, I do like the idea of practice goals, which you could also call process goals or short term goals. And just thinking, you know, this week, what am I trying to accomplish? So it might be an interval set that you did last week that you're going to do a bit better or on a different hill or you're actually going to do it this week. You know, maybe you skipped it and you didn't have the slack to do it and it got bumped. It was the one that you, you skipped versus doing something else. Uh, maybe you didn't get the full ride duration in, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, now I'm getting up and it's like, I need to get my four hour ride in, uh, you know, did I get the four hours in or did I shorten it and find a way to make it only a a 90 minute ride, which I'm very good at making all my long rides just be 90 minutes. And it's tough, right? You got to find that time in the day, uh, some, or in, you know, whenever on the weekend to do it. So thinking about the week ahead, I think is a good way to plan out your week, give yourself some slack block it off in the calendar this is important right block it off with the family we talk about that and then i think on the day-to-day it's nice to have one or two sometimes this gets to people have too many to-dos that they have to do but i do think when you think okay what would a person who wins this race or does this race finishes this race what what do they do most days I, I, let's say every day right so if you're doing a bike race you're probably on your bike if you're doing a run you're probably running Indeed, you take off days, so it's tough because we say every day, but you know that could be for some folks, it might be a recovery spin. It might be just working on your bike with that time. It might be a workout that's yoga for at a similar time of day so that there's the routine, but you know, sometimes it's just moving. I move every day, check mark. This is where I, I'm a big fan of the checklist and the recurring tasks and to figure out, to account for the rest day, what I actually did was on my task list, the thing that recurs every day is fill out your training log. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a rest day, boom, I fill out my training log in the morning and say, resting today, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every other day, I can't fill out the training log till I do the workout. And what a great, I, I said, uh, you can do this with your phone. If you hold the side button of a iPhone and the Siri turns on and you say, set a reminder every day for five to update my training peaks. That's literally what my phone does every single day. Uh, and I actually set a shortcut so it actually opens the Training Peaks app for me as well, which works okay. Uh, but the idea is that you're going to log something every day. And I think that's a great takeaway, actually, that we need to remember to pass on to clients as well, too, is that I almost wonder the days that you can't train or you end up not training are almost the days that your coach probably wants to hear from versus your best interval day. If you just did the intervals as you were, you know, as prescribed, that's great. And we should hear about it. But it, you almost want to know sometimes it's like those red days in the training peaks calendar that you didn't train. <laughs> you had to skip it or the off day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like that. The, so that that really simplifies. I think that's the yeah. pr- that's the process goal we're all going to set. Yeah. Your task isn't the workout. The task is recording whatever the workout was. Yeah. Commenting or, or your training log, like putting it in journaling, we could call that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because then you have to spend time reflecting on why you didn't train if you didn't. Uh, yeah, I think that gets to the heart of the thing because then you're going to eventually be, oh, I, I haven't trained all week <laughs> and I'm still writing about it. So that might get at it. I like that. So that's that journaling is a good one. Um, some weight loss clients, you know, it's get up and walk uh, every day. 
uh, and then, you know, your standard, you know, meat and vegetables at each meal, uh, you know, and you may or may not agree with that, but, you know, protein vegetables is pretty common. Uh, but try and keep those, that, that daily checklist, I think is, is just a, a good one. And, and again, don't overdo it. Pick the one or two things that, you know, you think are going to motivate change. Molly gave us a great one with the training log. Uh, can you think of any other ones there? What what else is on your checklist? Oh, I have like the morning core is on there for, and it's a recurring thing every day. So I use an app called Todoist. We actually had Becky Kane, uh, who's a CrossFitter who works for Todoist on the podcast last summer, talking about sort of getting your workouts done. Uh, and this is something I was already doing, but it's a free app. And I just have a bunch of recurring tasks. One of them is the morning core. So every morning I get up, I do my morning core because I can't cross that one off till I've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the, yeah, fill out the training P or fill out my training log. Um, I actually have meditate on there because I'm terrible at remembering to do it and mm-hmm. I'm trying. You had a post on the website, the consummate athlete website, and it was, what's the first thing to go? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the discussion of like what, what the first thing you tend to, to give up in your so that might be a, when it gets busy. That might be a hint for process goals. And that might be the thing that has to happen first. That's why we say walking, you know, before breakfast with the weight loss clients, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's just something that I find it gets done. Uh, you could say movement before breakfast. Not everyone likes, you know, walking isn't, I think it's magical, but we have our core yoga routines and it just, it happens before breakfast. It, for us, it's not for weight loss, but it's, it's the most important thing. And if the day goes sideways, we've done, you know, that 10, 15 minutes of movement, whatever it is. Yeah. I'd say the stuff that's on my to-do list as recurring tasks are the things that I know I might not do if they're not on there. So that's why I thought your post was good. Yeah. yeah, And for me, like I don't have walking DW on there because we're going to walk him every afternoon. (laughs) He'll let you know. Yeah. He'll let us know or we'll be picking up after him. So (laughs) don't really need that one on there. It just happens. But stuff like the morning core, like I'm reminded of it because when I sit down at my computer to start the day, if for some reason I didn't get around to doing it, I'll still end up like getting up from my desk and doing just a couple little yoga things just so I can check the damn box off. Because if I can't, it's going to annoy the crap out of me. And so I think this is, I mean, you can argue this and you know, your, your night owls will argue that the morning workout isn't for them and maybe they're right. But I think if, if you're finding it hard to do, then it's that thing should go first if you can. And it might mean shifting bedtime so you can get up early uh, to do it. And it might not mean a four hour ride. It might have to be 30 minutes or 60 minutes. I'm not a big person on, you know, I don't know what the, the limit is for how early you can wake up, but, but it's, you know, <laughs> probably doesn't need to be in the fours, uh, you know, because we want to sleep is a big part of all this too. So all that to say, what's the first thing to go might inform our process goals. And then the other one, Katie Bowman had a good thought on that, uh, that same thinking of, you know, what is, I think it was, what is negotiable was what she was saying. Katie Bowman's big on walking and sort of uh, the importance of moving all our parts and, and more movement embedded in our day. So walking with our kids, walking to work, walking for groceries, carrying groceries, this sort of stuff, and much less on the exercise side of things. But she made the argument that, the second we get busy, it's very easy to outsource movement or skip movement. So we'll drive to the store because we've run out of time or, um, you know, just it's it's rainy out. So we won't do that. But there's a lot of things we would never do that to. Uh, like we'll still watch TV. We'll still brush our teeth. We'll still eat, um, you know, no matter what. So she said it's odd that something that's so important to our health and well-being and you could get into mental well-being and just spirals into so much other stuff is is odd that it gets negotiated. But for some reason, most people would not go a day without brushing their teeth. 
you'd hope. <laughs> right. And so it's how do we make it uh, sticky like that and, and important like that or non-negotiable, I think, is maybe another way, you know. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, setting the, the process goals around this movement, especially because we know that this is a goal that we're setting in our life. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, setting race goals, especially as those of us who are not getting paid to do this professionally, the reason we have these goals is primarily because we enjoy it, because we like being fit, because we like being healthy. We like feeling, you know, like we're achieving something, like we're doing something that moves the needle. So I think really, like if if your race goal doesn't motivate the daily performance goals or the daily training or all that, then then what what are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where we get into this. And it might not be right now. I have you know, a couple of clients who want to pivot away from doing the type of race they're doing, um, but they're signed up. And so it's a discussion of staying on target. You want to do this. There's reasons that doing this are beneficial for social. And, you know, they've wanted to set the, they've wanted to do this goal. They're very close to doing it. So finish what you started, finish the plan. Uh, cause there's no reason, you know, if there was a compelling reason, like they're injured or they're sick or something changed in their family, but there isn't. And then we can start planning what's next. And I think that was the final thing today was just sort of, you, you asked me, you know, should someone have a, a goal set, you know, to try and avoid what I call the post Iron Man burnout. You have this massive all encompassing thing in your life. Uh, your life is busy. Your cup is almost overflowing. And then all of a sudden, you don't have to train for Ironman. You've Man. emptied the cup. Yeah, there's no more swim practices that you have to go to. So do you need to have a goal afterwards? And I said this is actually a really tough question because I think there's a danger to setting a goal after the goal or set it, setting a goal after your A race, say. And to me, it's that a couple of weeks ahead of your A race, if you're suddenly thinking towards next year and you're thinking about your next goal, there is a chance that you're going to get excited about that later goal and almost give yourself permission to kind of putz a little bit on the the a goal or take the the upcoming race a little less seriously uh be a little bit more of that like self-handicapping like checking yourself out of it almost maybe pacing right if i knew i had you know this massive race coming up but then this other race before it maybe you would pace your effort a bit i don't know I think it changes. I think it changes it because when it's when it is this huge thing and there's nothing else after it, I think it does put for some people good pressure on the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and putting an, another event after it actually like takes away from that the a goal of it, right? Like it's that whole cliche thing lately that's been going around where priority was never supposed to be a plural. Like mm-hmm. you're not supposed to have priorities. You're supposed to have a priority. Right. And if you have another goal if you have like another a goal after the a goal now you have priorities and it mm-hmm. it kind of confuses your your brain a little bit and halfway through your big a race if it's not feeling great uh i think you're the back of your brain's going like don't worry in six months you can do this right uh so i think for some people it's actually a really dangerous thing but for others it's actually great Probably one of those things, or it is one of those things that the general, there is no general advice, but you're right. You just probably know thyself that if you're going to fall off the wagon, so to speak, completely, and you want to stay on the wagon, because uh, you do have the option to get off the, <laughs> I don't know, wagons may be the wrong way to phrase this, but dive off the wagon. Let's, let's use actual terminology. So if you're going to stop exercising and training and treating yourself well in a healthy way that you want to be living, uh, because you're done training for Ironman, uh, if that's the way you want it to be living, 
then you should probably have something else. And in six months is a long ways away. I don't know that that would be all encompassing in your mind, but I think the, the one month out or really tight races is where you maybe get into trouble. Yeah. And I do think there's also maybe like a middle ground, as you were saying, that could even be having... Uh, some fun rides with friends scheduled for after it, stuff that you weren't able to do because you were so focused on training for it. You know, if you're training for Leadville, maybe you actually missed running or missed riding on the road or, sure. you know, riding with friends who do more casual rides or whatever. Uh, so maybe having a few rides set up for weeks after the race. Um, maybe it's even signing up for, you know, a weekly yoga class or whatever that starts after the race. Uh, sure. So, if, if the idea of setting a new goal doesn't really quite make sense for you, setting a new race goal, even especially, I mean, when I did the 100 miler, I had nothing on the schedule after it because I didn't know what I was going to want to do. Mm. I kind of wanted to give myself the the grace to decide whether or not I wanted to keep running, let alone sure. what distance I wanted to do. Uh, so if that's the case, then I think just putting some stuff that isn't racing on the calendar is a good idea. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think similar to what we were talking about last week with uh, the adventure rides and during the pandemic, the person asking the question had done a lot of those and really enjoyed those. So maybe it is going back to training and you're assuming you're going back to, you could call it your base phase. Most, most programs really would do, you know, the build and then you're going to do the race competition phase, peak, whatever. And then there's usually a transition and people skip that transition, but that's, I, I put that on as like, you know, this is the week to go to the cottage after the race or, you know, whatever you do, go on vacation after the race. You usually don't do the thing in that week after the peak, right? We say we step off of the peak rather than falling off of the peak. Right. But what you get at a lot of these races, oh, I want to hold on to my form. <laughs> you know, I, I want to take all the fitness I built at the race and do even bigger right and not a thing i get it i get that urge you know you see the numbers go up because it was such a big massive day so your you know fitness score is up or your whatever uh but that's not really how peaks work uh so we want to take a break afterwards because there's a huge mental toll to really doing well at these big things and traveling to these big things and you know again usually it takes that much time to clean up the bike and get back organized at work you were maybe off work so we take that week easy and then I, I think you're right. You build the base and then hopefully that includes a lot of fun rides. And and I don't know. I, I think you'd have to decide based on yourself whether you should have something in the next, you know, three months out, two months out, six months out. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a clear answer to that one, a clear, you know, you should on this. I, I don't think there's a you should except in that you should think about what you're going to want after the race or what you're going to need after the race. Have a plan. I yeah. guess that's all we're saying, right? Is, is periodizing this, planning this uh, in a way that, you know, if it's a May race or J June one race for say unbound, what's next. And that exactly. might, that might be, I'm just riding the rest of the year for fun. Uh, or as you say, I'm going to do a big, I have a couple clients that are re uh, starting up strength and, you know, taking a more, I don't, what do you call this? The not holistic, but you know, base one, if you want, you know, they're going back to base training and they're including a bunch of strength training and that after really focusing on gravel. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So mid season goal, June, you know, end of June goal. I hope your start of your year has gone well and that the summer is looking upbeat. Uh, and if you do need help with that, we do consults, zoom or phone consults, or we could do any other variety of video meeting ways, but consultations on your goals. So we can go over your races so far and what you're planning and, and even build out, you know, rough plan as far as training for that. So 
take yeah. us up on that if you'd like. We'd love to chat with you. And I will put that link in the show notes, but you can find them also at consummateathlete.com. Yeah, I think that's a great way to go about kind of figuring out what you're going to do after your race, before your race, if you just want help sort of thinking through your goals. You don't necessarily need to be following a training plan, certainly don't need to be working with us to, to do these phone consults. In fact, honestly, I think sometimes it's even helpful if you do have another coach, sometimes it can just be helpful to talk to sort of a third party objective yeah, person. I mean, yes or no, I don't know. Sometimes that's weird, but uh, it could also be a different discipline. I've had that sometimes, you know, a triathlete's going to try gravel and they want to stay with their coach, but they want to get some information about racing gravel or skills or that particular race. Uh, so that's, that's certainly an option. And I've also consulted with coaches similarly uh, on that sort of concept as well. Like what would a gravel plan what look like or something too. So that's, that's definitely certainly within the realm of possibility of the, the phone consult. Perfect. Well, we'll include all the links set in the show notes and over at consummateathlete.com. And with that, we will see you all next week. Happy goal setting. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.